So how does social media impact your mental health? Find out today on Incremental Health Tips. Hi, welcome to Incremental Health Tips. My name is Jared. I'm joined as always with my co-host Liz. Before we begin today, we just want to say thank you all for your support. Uh, It's uh, difficult to get a podcast going, and we really appreciate the outpouring of support. Um, If you like our contents just to help us grow and spread awareness on these important issues, please be sure to drop a like on the episode, follow us on Twitter at Incremental Tips, and find us on YouTube and Facebook at Incremental Health Tips. So today's topic, we're going to be talking about the impact of social media on our mental health. And so to begin, I just, you know, we we are many things here. One thing we are not is a breaking news podcast. So this uh, is all the way back from 2014. But uh, some years ago, I stumbled upon this article from the BBC talking about a study that Facebook Uh, ran in conjunction with Cornell University and University of California at San Francisco. So this study, uh, co-run by these two universities and Facebook, faced lots of criticism uh, based on the fact that it had run this study on something like 700,000 users without these users knowing. Uh, We'll talk about the controversy with the study in a moment, but what the study was is Facebook manipulated the news feeds of participants to control which emotional expressions the users were exposed to. So some some study participants, although they didn't know they were participating, but some users saw nothing but positive messages in their news feed, and others saw negative uh, saw nothing but negative messages in their news feed. And so the study found that users who had fewer negative stories in their news feed were less likely to write a negative post themselves and vice versa. So before we talk about the implications, Liz, obviously from a psychological point of view, this study is problematic to say the least. Yeah, it'd, it'd be considered quite unethical to to do research without someone knowing about it. So you uh, have to get informed consent. Anytime I'm doing therapy with someone, I have to talk to them about what the risks are of doing therapy. I have to make sure they actually understand what it is that they're getting into. And to have no knowledge that you're participating in a study and being involved in a study, there that is an ethical violation. Yeah, in in psychological research or any sort of research, people it's very important for people to be aware of what the potential risks. Um, obviously, it would be completely wrong for somebody to participate in a drug study without understanding the potential impacts taking a drug may have upon them. And so in psychology research, it's viewed very much the same way on mental health impacts. Well, I mean, this would be like someone putting like a drug into your water without your knowledge of it. So 
you know, this is not something that should have been done. I'm kind of surprised that there wasn't more of a backlash towards Facebook on this, but... Well, I, I just don't know how it passed both the research ethics boards at these universities, but that's a that's a conversation for another day. Even though the study it should not have ever been conducted, um, if anybody who's familiar with psychology generally might understand is we've learned really important things based off of really unethical studies so we're not going to uh, toss out the baby with the bathwater. and so looking at the implications of this what is on so the extent to which your news feed or you know the content of your social media is positive or negative impacts how you uh, how positive or negative you are in your interactions with social media. And so it seems to me that the environment in which we put ourselves in or find ourselves in, it's not always within our control, but the environment that we're in is really plays a really important role on our mental health. Yeah, so what's going on around us, it, it has quite the impact. So... One of the things with social media that's come up is that people tend to socially compare themselves. You see a picture of a smiling family on Facebook or something else or, you know, whatever it is that you're on. And uh, you can feel like, oh, well, they're smiling, they're happy, and I'm not feeling happy at this exact moment. So therefore, their life is better than mine. And you can start to do some emotional reasoning and thinking, well, I feel bad, therefore my life is bad and stuff like that when, you know, that might just be how you're feeling at the moment and it might not be the best assessment of how your life actually is. Well, the other important thing to think with social media is people do not upload everything. Social media is not a conduit directly to people's experiences um, it's what they want the world to see. And so I know that uh, there's there's been a lot of talk about how Instagram uh, impacts especially issues of, of like body positivity in girls or, you know, when you're seeing your friends who are, you know, on a beach vacation and they've just posed for the perfect picture and you compare that to your everyday experience, which of course is, is not going to compare because it's it's not a fair comparison. Uh, that can really lead, I think, to some damaging impacts uh, for mental health. Well, um, you know, I can kind of think back to a conversation I had with someone where I shared a Christina Kuzmich video about uh, her turning point, or it was one of those videos where she's talking about the lowest point of her life um, and, you know, not feeling good enough and stuff like that. And she talks about how hard it was. And the person's response to this video was, oh, she's like a, a princess, a Cinderella story. Like, oh, it was so easy to get over this and through this and I thought well that's not the impression I have of this and I'm kind of wondering what makes you think that you know this is a Cinderella story you know is it just the fact that she's got a polished presentation of what happened because when you know my impression is when she was going through this this was actually quite difficult but she's giving you a brief 
summary of what it is that happened. And so it can seem much more polished when you're hearing it compared to what it was like to actually go through it. Well, and depending on your, you're also filtering it through your own experiences and and perceptions, which we'll, we'll be dealing with in, in a future episode. And so those all have impacts. So, but one's environment, just getting back to one's environment, that can really create um, a situation that might make you more prone to cognitive distortions like we've talked about. So what what are some of the cognitive distortions that you just have seen in, in your practice? So one of the ones I already mentioned, it's emotional reasoning. So that's when somebody feels something and then they think that it's true based on their feelings. So someone might think, I feel bad, therefore I am bad. Or I feel like a failure, therefore I am a failure. So it's it's those, you know, connections to feelings that they use their feelings to figure out, you know, their truth, so to speak. And it's not the best indicator of how someone's actually doing just because someone feels like a failure doesn't mean they are a failure. Someone might think someone's quite successful based on their perception of how that person is doing, but that person might feel like it's not good enough because it depends on what their standard is for what's good enough. As well, there's the concept of blowing up the negative where you can see this a lot of times in the news where something bad happens that's genuinely bad, but the news makes it sound like it's catastrophic when usually it's not catastrophic. It's just, it's something that's bad and it's something that has to be worked through. So a third one is dismissing the positive. And I often see this in clients when they focus on the negative thing that they want to change and they ignore the positive steps that they've been taking in order to make improvements in their life. So I often try to draw a client's attention back to the things that they've been doing so that it helps build them helps them build a sense of confidence and they recognize more about the things that they've been doing because clients are very often doing a lot of things that they may be dismissing and that that makes it more difficult for them to actually continue to stay motivated if they don't acknowledge the things that they're already doing. Yeah, no, that, that could be a really important point, and which I think transitions nicely into how the solutions, how do we, how do we deal with social media? One solution is obviously just not to engage at all, but, but, you know, I personally use social media so that I can keep contact with you know my friends and family who are spread out through the various parts of the world and and so it's very useful so clearly the solution isn't for everyone anyways just to get rid of it for some people maybe that's good but what are some things people can do to sort of minimize these negative impacts and the cognitive distortions um, that social media can sort of exacerbate Well, I think one thing is thinking about how the exposure is impacting you and figuring out, should I have this much exposure to this content or should I limit it in some way? Um, I have a friend who posts regularly 
Actually, there's a few of them. And even if I agree with their point of view on politics, I often snooze it just because it's too much and uh, limiting the amount of intake that you're getting on things can really make a difference as to how you feel about what's going on. That, that can make a really important difference. I, I also find um, keeping in mind why you have social media. Um, so like in, in my case, to keep in contact with friends and family, for me to use social media in a different capacity does not meet the purpose I've set out for it. So a lot of it is tying back to a goal. And so, yes, I could probably find any number of things to engage with, which would not be good for me on social media but but ultimately by have by having a goal in mind for social media i can ground myself um so if i want to maintain relationships with my friends does engaging with them in negative ways on facebook accomplish that goal no it really undermines it actually and so it can be important to focus on that and so and finding the balance too is i think really important not spending so much time like with covid19 and during much of 2020 and the early parts of 2021 it it can be far too easy just to spend all day on social media instead of instead of working um but yeah and i mean i've got some friends they like to get into arguments and they think that's their way of advancing dialogue and I mean, I I used to try to have those discussions and I found having them over social media just doesn't work well. It's much better to talk to people in person where you get their reaction and you usually have a much more pleasant conversation by talking to people face to face when we can. Um, And instead of doing it over the Internet, it can be a lot more tense over the Internet. So trying to figure out how to have more positive connections online instead of having those conflictual ones I think can well, be quite important. Well the other the other point on that and then I'll get I'll get back to the to the uh, to balance but the other point on that is if you're going to have conflict with somebody uh, doing it publicly is not really the best way to handle conflict and we'll we'll explore a lot more about conflict in future episodes but getting back to balance uh so manage your time find some sort of balance between social media and other activities that you do um i think also exposing yourselves or when you come across different perspectives and expose yourself to different perspectives try to there's in philosophy and other uh, humanities there's this concept of charity so it's the concept of you should interpret another person's point of view or argument in the most charitable way possible and this is for the other person's benefit it's a kindness to other people or it can be perceived as that but it's also a good exercise for yourself because then it's going to help you form a better attitude when you come across conflicting points of view. Well, I think it's one of the things, allowing yourself to consider someone's perspective and trying to understand what it is they're saying. Usually there's some positive aspect, even when we disagree with someone, there's something positive that they're 
they're focused on that they might not be communicating well. So I think trying to recognize what that is and giving them credit for that positive concern is a, a better way to maintain relationships with people that we may not disagree, may not agree with on everything. Which, uh, and the final thing, which is an important point, but the final thing I'm going to highlight is it's important to also consider the impacts of our actions and interactions with others. Um, there's a book uh, I, you and I, Liz, may have watched, or not watched, but listened to the audio book uh, called So You've Been Publicly Shamed by John Ronson. And the book details uh, people who did stories of people who did not have very many followers on Twitter and how they tweeted something insensitive, something they shouldn't have done, but all of a sudden they became famous in all the wrong ways overnight. And and this ended up completely destroying these people's lives in the sense that they got fired from their job and uh, lots of social ramifications. So we live in a very in a very public society where anything you post online is you should assume that that is there for the public to consume uh, you know it's it's the old joke that you should write every email as though it may be read by a judge in a courtroom one day and so to some to some extent we need to consider what we post on social media and consider how future employers or the general public how that may reflect upon us. I think that's all the time we have for today, although we could certainly go on and on about this topic. If you'd like to learn more and maybe participate in the discussion on the impacts of social media on mental health, relating particularly to cognitive distortions, we're hosting an event January 21st at 8 p.m. Eastern Time over Zoom. You can visit our website, incrementalhealthtips.com, to find all the details and to register for that. If you enjoy our content, please like, share, and subscribe. It goes a long way in helping spread, spread the word, and we really appreciate it. As well, please feel free to leave feedback or comments of topics you'd like us to cover. We always take viewer feedback into consideration when we make future episodes. And uh, also, finally, one last thing, we upload new content every Tuesdays at 11 p.m. Eastern, so be sure you subscribe on your preferred platform so you don't miss any episodes. Thank you very much for listening.